0: And then you have seasons where you're just like, I haven't prayed in, like, on, I mean, maybe we pray before a meal, and we pray before bed or for a sport match, you know, but then we're just not consistently praying. Totally. Some of it, I would just say, to answering that question, is, um, like, a rhythm and schedule. Like, I think we kind of slip into this season where it's, like, normal, and school, like— when we're on a mission trip or we're working at camp, it's like that's kind of on our mind. Like, I'm, I'm going to pray. Like, I've got to pray. And everyone else is praying. And it's this kind of thing where you're like, you're just in this, uh, in this movement. And then you get home and you start to think it's ordinary or like it's just not, you know, you're not as dependent on God. So I've experienced that a ton, kind of spiritual roller coaster where I'm like, I'm praying all the time. This is awesome. I haven't prayed in weeks. I'm pray-, you know, so I've totally experienced that. A couple of reasons I I was thinking, too, just to add, thank you guys for your input, was um, uh, if I can just be frank, sometimes prayer can seem really boring, right? Like, I I think just in all respect to God and His glory, if we can just admit, that sometimes we think prayer is boring. We're like, I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes sitting and just in quiet and just praying to God. Like, there's so many other things I could do. Um, So I just think that's something that kind of gets in the way of us praying a lot. We think it's boring, like it um another reason is just wondering man is this even doing anything like is this is this productive uh, does God even hear my prayer like you, you know what I mean they're just wondering man is this producing anything distractions are huge to kind of answer your question that you just asked about being a camp I think sometimes when we're at camp or we're on a mission trip we're so undistracted don't have our phones don't have whatever it is and so we're just like Prayer is my only option. And uh, then when we get into a regular rhythm, we've got our phones, we've got our video games, we've got our sports, our friends, whatever. And so we just feel, und- we just feel distracted, and we're, right? We go and play into that. And so um, the question becomes, is prayer more than that? Is it more than just a boring time you have to set aside, uh, and God really wants it, so you have to come before and do it? Is it you know is the is it more than that? And the question or the answer is yes, it is much more than that. And it's crazy as you walk through the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus consistently has this rhythm that just sticks out to me, where he gets away and he just prays. He gets. I mean, have you read those stories where it's like? Man, he's so busy, and he, and he loved people so well, but he would grab time to just get away and be with God, right? He would, he, he would always talk about God, but he would also talk to his Father. And so um, I think that's, like, the question is, what, what did Jesus have figured out that we don't? Right? Why did Jesus understand and love prayer, but we don't generally? And so uh, we're going to anchor in, in Hebrews chapter 4. That's where we'll be. But first, let's go to Revelation 4. So end of your Bibles, Revelation chapter 4. And I just want to read this chapter to you guys. It's been really helpful for me, uh, especially as we think about prayer. So Revelation 4, end of your Bibles, last book, chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, end of the Bible. And then I will read starting in chapter or ch- starting in verse 2. John the writer of Revelation is, is it's like writing down this is what I'm experiencing so he says "At once I was in the Spirit and behold this is verse 2 in Revelation chapter 4 a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne, okay? And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, so just picture this. He's just like all these beautiful stones, right? And there's this throne, there's someone seated on that. It's God, and around this huge throne, there's 24 thrones, okay? And, uh, And then it says in verse four, and seated on the throne were 24 elders. Clothed in white garments, and they have golden crowns on their heads. And from this throne, this beautiful throne with 24 thrones around it, came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. Now, real quick, some of you guys just picture the sea of glass of like this like sweet, um, like meditating, like, oh, it's so cool to look at the lake and just see it flat. Like, no, like sea in, in, in this culture would have been crazy, like waves just wild. And glass, by the way, too, in their culture, it wouldn't be like you can look through it. Glasses is, uh, is sharp and edgy and stuff like that. So this sea of glass isn't like this serene picture around the throne of like, oh, it's so peaceful. It's like it looks like waves uh, of glass and shards like everywhere. And so it's just this wild thing. And, and then it just continues in verse six. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures. Okay? So you got the throne, everything around it, peals of thunder, the sea of glass around it, and then you've got four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. I've never seen that. That's crazy. Verse 7, and the first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say. So there's these wild animals. Like these, 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 these huge beasts, and they, it says they never stop. They never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on that throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, those 24 elders that are sitting around the 24 smaller thrones, they fall down before the one who's seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever, and they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, all these elders say, every time, and it says, again, these living creatures never cease to sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and every time they do that, the elders fall down on the ground, throw their crowns, and they sing, in verse 11, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Here's, here's my thought. Are you, are you picturing that? Like, it just on a serious level, like, can you picture that throne? Like, just looking at that from a distance. Wild, I mean, peals of thunder. This isn't just like a serene little, like oh he's he's sitting on a seat this isn't like God's just like this you're like hey guys uh y'all come on in you know it's like you you walk in and, you, and you're just shocked by the glory and the magnificence and the power and the thunder and the thrones and living creatures and everyone's singing worthy and glory and all this stuff so here's my question none of us are perfect right Every single one of us are guilty of sin. Romans 6.23 says that we've all, uh, or Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned, right? We've all fallen short. Romans 6 says the penalty for that is death. So here's, here's the question. Can any of you approach that throne in and of yourselves? Like, would any of you on your own, apart from God, be able or worthy to walk up to that throne on your own? The answer is no. Like, w- in the holiness of God, in that crazy throne, there's no way we walk up to that bold, right? And so, in light of that, flip back a couple pages to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I'll read 14 through 16, but 16 is kind of the key verse. Hebrews 4 at the end of it, 14 through 16. The writer of Hebrews. Says, since then, we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest, this is Jesus, or we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So just pause on verse 15 really quick. He's saying we have Jesus who can empathize with us and relate with us, and he knows us, and he's perfect, and yet he was still tempted, but he remained perfect, and so he can relate to us. And then he goes on in verse 16 and says, let us then, in light of Revelation 4: and the craziness of the throne of God, he says, verse 16, "Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and, and find grace to help in the time of need." Wait. We just read Revelation four. There's this crazy throne, and you're saying that Hebrews 4:16 says, "We can walk up to that throne confidently we can walk up to that crazy majestic throne with 24 elders around it that are falling down we sinful us broken us addicted us messy us can walk up to that throne with and, and boldly and ask for help and, and and so how the question is how can we do that and the answer is jesus Right By faith in Jesus, if we try to walk up to that throne on our own, we die. I mean, this is the holiness just in our sinfulness clash and we die. How do we approach the throne? By faith in Jesus. He's our perfect substitute. And so um, uh, there is this, this, this uh, uh, just to kind of imagine, um, if you have a, if, if you're home, and, uh, and you're hanging out and some random guy walks in your house and goes to your, uh, where your snacks are and stuff like that and walks in and just like opens up the cupboard and starts eating. And your mom's in the kitchen and she's like, why is he eating our Chips Ahoy's? <laughs> like, you know, what, what is he doing? And you're, you're wondering, well, and, and, she, and just very politely, no matter how nice your mom is, if she's never seen that person, she's going to say, hey, you need to leave. Like, you, you don't belong here, right? And so that person say, oh, and he grabs a couple of chocolate chips, uh, cookies, and, and he leaves." Imagine, though, the story changes and you walk in the house with this person and say, hey, mom, this is my friend. How much different that scenario would be. Your friend sits down at the island in your house at the table. He's got chips ahoy and milk. And your mom's like, how are you doing? Like, you're a, you're a son. Like, you're a, he's, he's a friend. He's part of the family. And this is the reality that we get to approach God not on our own but with Jesus. And by faith in Jesus, we are his Uh, uh, his friend, right? He's a friend of sinners, and so we get to approach him. uh, We get to approach a holy God that we don't deserve to by faith in Jesus because he's our perfect substitute. So uh, just beautiful to think about God doing that. And so just even as you approach uh, a day of prayer, what I would want more than anything else For this morning, or even for you to hear from this time that I get to open up God's word with you, is to think of the craziness that you, sinful you, get to approach a holy God. Like, if I was really just saying, man, what, like, the, the, and that makes this day so much more beautiful. Like, yes, God wants to move in your school and in schools around the nation and the world and, and the government. He wants to do all those things, but he primarily wants to work in your heart, right? And then that outflows into you working into other places. But I just, I just want you to know, as you go to pray to God, he hears you because of Jesus, And you are approaching that throne of grace every time you pray to him and you can do it because Jesus paid for your sin. You can approach that throne because Jesus died for your sin and by faith in him you are now in a perfect relationship with God your sin is no longer counted against you right so just to say man I just I know prayer can seem boring sometimes I know it can feel like an obligation but if we picture that revelation for throne and know that we can approach it by God's grace by Jesus boldly and ask it changes everything. So that would be the main thing I'd want to tell you. But four, four little pieces that I'd want to say of what prayer does or allows us to do. The first one, and, and this is kind of the point, is that prayer allows us to spend time with God. Prayer allows us to spend time with God. Um, now, my wife and I have been married for a f- uh, few years now. And uh, having a kid, uh, it feels like you've got no time, and parents in the room, you know how this goes, it's like you're really good at dating when, when you're just dating or even engaged, but then you get married and you're still good at dating, and then you have a kid, and you're like, when's the last time we went to Applebee's, you know, or McDonald's or wherever, like just for a date night. <laughs> hey, I'm working off a pastor's salary, okay, I got to take her to McDonald's every once in a while, all right? Uh, so, uh, so anyways, um, but just this kind of idea, man, it just, it, it's become hard to date my wife because we're so busy, right? My daughter goes to bed. Getting a babysitter is 20 bucks or 30 bucks. This is expensive. And, and yet my heart longs to be with my wife. Like no one in my, in my life needs to say, hey, Austin, uh, do you want to spend time with your wife? Like you should want to spend time with your wife. I'm like, my wife is amazing. She's beautiful and sweet and fun. I can't wait to hang out with her, right? And yet just the busyness of life is distracting. And so what my wife and I do is every Sunday night, we map out, hey, what's our week looking like? Hey, Thursday, we have an open night. That's going to be our date night. Like we make time for it. And it's not obligatory. It's not hard to do. It's just saying, I cannot wait to spend time with you. And I'm sure even probably the people you're sitting next to, you're, like, best friends with, right? You love the people in the room. Uh, you enjoy each other. It's, like, no one has to force you to spend time with your best friends, right? Like, that's not a, that's not a thing that your parents are, like, hey, Johnny, I really want to talk to you. You should spend more time with your best friends. You're, like, yeah, like, we're, we, I want to sleep over tonight. Is that okay? Like, that's just the way we operate. And so there's this disconnect of, like, why wouldn't we want to spend time with God, right? Like, why wouldn't we want to spend time with Jesus in prayer. And so Hebrews 4 this verse is saying that the the product of prayer, the whole thing is that we get to approach God, we get to be with God, right? It's like like with him. Like that's that's wild to think about. Although we're broken, although we're messy, we get to be with God. And so I just I want to say this too to preface it. A majority of us think and uh, and and this is this is a part of prayer, but a majority of us think that prayer is just kind of like a like a a slot machine, or or like a, um, or some kind of like vending machine where we say, hey, here's my like 50 cents of prayer, and I'm going to get a Dr. Pepper out of it. Like we approach prayer thinking, I'm going to pray simply to get something out of it, and I want to tell you that like the purpose of prayer isn't primarily to get something out of it, but to get God. Make sense? Prayer is not primarily to get something out of God, it's to get God, right? To be with Him. And so friends, God is crazy about you. I mean, he showed his love by dying on the cross to save you and rescue into a relationship that you couldn't earn on your own. He did for you what you could never do for yourself. And the byproduct is not just that we get heaven. It's not just that we get some answered prayers. It's not just that we get a cool church and sweet friends. It's that we get God. Like, he's the biggest and most beautiful prize we can have. And so the first thing that prayer does is it allows us to spend time with God, right? And so as you approach prayer, like imagine this, this isn't my house, but imagine this. I sit down with my wife on our date night at McDonald's and she get, I have her get a McDouble because it's on the dollar menu. And uh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm more generous than that. Okay, she can get a Big Mac. Okay, but she's not supersizing it. Okay, she's getting a medium. And so anyways, uh, I'm saying, hey, sweetheart. And then we sit, down on, we, we sit down on date night. And I'm like, hey, I want to let you know, uh, I, I do need you to do laundry a little bit better. Okay, I'm having to wear the same socks twice, you know, in a row. And you, no one wants that. Okay, my friends are making some comments when I take my shoes off. Okay, and so she, I'm like, hey, uh, is, is, this, is this okay? And, uh, and by the way, I feel like we've been having chicken a lot for dinner. I'm kind of a beef guy, so if you could get some beef next week, you know, like, and my pretzel running low. And hey, just the bathroom just feels like it hasn't been clean. Like, imagine if I came to my date night with my wife and laid out the laundry list of things I want her to do. No one in the room would think I'd be a good husband. That wouldn't be a good friend, uh, relationship. Imagine if you hung out with your best friend this week and said, hey, here's the thing, you're not doing very good at Fortnite, and uh, I need you to get some more kills, all right, you know, I need you a little better, and girls, you're like, hey, you know, you haven't really been doing a great job on my braid, you know, your, my braid is a little bit off, like, I need you to fix it. No, like, you don't start the relationship like that, you just enjoy being together, and so if I can compel you, friends, Hey, <laughs> you're going crazy on Fortnite, pretty. I don't even know what girls do, I know what guys do, but anyways, um, but here, here, here's the call. Uh, appreciate prayer that you get to be with God. In the same way that you get to be with your best friend or your spouse in the future, enjoy that you get to just be with God. Okay, second thing. Um, second thing is that prayer allows us to listen to God's voice. Prayer allows us when we're with him, we get to listen to his voice right? We get to listen to his voice. So uh, verse for this, I love John chapter 10. It's one of my favorite uh, chapters in the Bible, talking about Jesus being a good shepherd, right? He leads his people. He loves his people. In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. John 10, 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Now, I know this is a Christian school, and I know that many of you, if not all, would say, "I love Jesus," or "I've given my life to Jesus." And I'm praying that if you haven't given your life to Jesus, that you would. He's amazing. He loves you, he died for you. Um, but I also know that you're not immune to struggle. I know that this is a Christian school, but I know that you're not immune to lust. I know that you're not immune to gossip. I know you're not immune to comparison. I know you're not immune to peer pressure. Like everyone in the room, like, yeah, we, like, this is a beautiful school. I love what God's doing through this. But it doesn't matter where you are, how guarded you are, how great your teachers are, how much they pray for you and love you, you will be tempted. You are susceptible to all of the other temptations that anyone else faces. And I'm telling you right now that as you scroll through Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, uh, or you just talk amongst yourselves, there are voices you're hearing. Voices telling you, hey man, you, you, need, you need to get stronger or you're not a man. Hey, you need to get skinnier or no one's going to love you. Hey, you need to figure this out. Hey, you need to get the right clothes in order for those guys to and you, hey, guys, you need to, uh, man, you need to cuss or, or be more manly or drive a truck to finally be the guy that the girls would want to, like whatever it is, you're hearing voices outside, even inside, that are telling you lies, right? And yet Jesus says in John 10, 27, my sheep, my children, hear my voice. And, and I know, friends, I know that there is such a loud voice from this world that's coming into us that overpowers this gentle, pure whisper of God that's saying, hey, no, that's not true. You are beautiful just the way you are. I made you in my image. You are valuable and worthy. No, I've made you into a man. I've created you as a warrior. And, 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 and those are going to be, that's the true voice of God. And yet all these other voices are coming in and they're overpowering it and saying, no, you're not worthy. You need to do something. How, you could never be loved. You need to. And I'm saying prayer allows us to stop, shut the noise out and listen to the voice of God. Listen to the truth in Hebrews chapter four or chapter uh, Hebrews chapter five, just a, v- a chapter later in verse fourteen, he says that the mature person will be able to uh, uh, distinguish good versus evil, right? And just a real practical level, uh, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Okay, so uh, John fourteen and John sixteen say the Spirit of God convicts us. He's gracious to say, hey, that was sin. That's not who you are. This isn't isn't who you're made to be. Condemnation says, oh, yeah, that's just that's the real you. The you that looked at that thing you shouldn't looked at. The you that said that thing or did that thing or went past the boundary. That that's the real you. That's who you are. You can never be loved. Those are two different voices in response to your sin. God will convict. Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you've placed your faith in Jesus, you cannot be condemned. You are righteous in him, but you will be convicted of your sin, right? And so I've just talked with people uh, in my church, friends, my, me, my own self, where I'm trying to distinguish, hey, is this from God? Or is this from the world or Satan? And, and, and I'm just sorting through, man, if it's something to do with your identity based on your activity, then it's condemnation. Or if it's, hey, this is your identity, this is who you are, you're not acting like it, but this is who you truly are, that's conviction, Jesus guiding you in. And so my compelling for you is prayer allows you to stop, silence everything out, and discern, what is the voice of God? Like, let me hear you. And and you hear the voice of God through the word, like if you're hearing God's voice, it's gonna be through here, right? And God will bring it up in prayer. But just to be clear, prayer allows us to listen to God's voice. Uh, in the midst of a loud world that's that's saying stuff. Uh, The third thing that prayer allows us to do uh, is to thank God for what he's done. To thank God for what he's done. Uh, Psalm 130. I mean, you can just go anywhere basically for this, but Psalm 136, uh, it's so repetitive. It's almost like difficult to read because he's just saying, and he just says, give, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love, and he goes on and he just lists in verse four, to him, Uh, Who alone does great wonders, give uh, his steadfast love unto us forever. Him who by understanding made the heavens, spread out the earth above the waters, made the great lights, made the sun to rule over the day, the moon and the stars, who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, uh, brought Israel out from among them, a strong hand. mean, he just goes through, here. just an account of everything God did. He created the world. He brought us out of slavery. He ran after us. He cares about the poor. And it's just this consistent prayer. Psalm 136 could guide some of your time just to read through. Man, his steadfast love endures forever. And so um, prayer allows us to stop and worship the giver, not the gift. Okay? Prayer allows us to stop and worship the giver, not the gift. Okay? Um, The reality is, uh, like so my daughter, Gracelyn, Uh, it's so funny. Uh, She's two now, and so she gets, she gets, like, toys and stuff like that, and she can actually open presents. Now, when she was one, I had to open them for it, but now it's, it's kind of a disheartening thing. It's kind of a sad story, but I'll give her this gift that I worked for, and I picked out, and I wrapped. My wife wrapped. That was a lie, Uh, but, uh, and she picked it out, too, but anyway, I paid for it, okay? I paid for it, okay? And so, um, So uh, my daughter opens up this gift that I got her, and it feels like, and the first thing she does, her knee jerk isn't like, thanks, Dad, and just to like be in my arms and just, you know, she just like plays with it. And I'm so glad that she plays with it, Um, but it feels like toys can just distract her away from me, right? And some of my knee jerk is like, oh, Elmo's cooler than Dad? Bye-bye, Elmo. You're in the trash. Dad's the only option. Come here, give me a hug. You know what I mean? Like, I want to do that, and yet I know, and it's, it gives me joy that she gets to enjoy the gifts I give her. Like, it totally does, but to think about this reality for my daughter that a gift can distract her away from the giver, and to think about your life. I mean, I just want you to, to pause and actually think of all of the things God's given you. As we just said, we can be distracted. Someone over here, I think, said uh, prayer is just like, it's, it's, you're just kind of distracted because uh, there's so many things. Every single thing that distracts you away from God has been a direct gift from God. Like if your Xbox is distracting from God, he gave you that Xbox for his glory and his goodness, right? Like if a friendship is distracting from God, he gave you that. If you're consumed with your outfit, God gave your parents the ability to buy you the clothes. I mean, just to think about this thing. He gave you this gift. And so the best thing we can do in that is to just thank him. God, you're amazing. This gift is good, and I'm going to enjoy it for your glory, but I'm not going to enjoy it before I say thank you. Like, I'm going to run to you and say thank you. And so there's just this aspect, man, gratitude uh, literally is prayer. Like, gratitude equals prayer. Um, and so just to know that. And I just thought about, man, I remember um, when I was, uh, I was 12 years old, I grew up in McCook, Nebraska, and, uh, and my, my dad got me a dirt bike for my 12th birthday, it was legendary, right? And so I remember grabbing it and, 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 and sitting on it and I was just so happy, like it was crazy to me. And the first thing I did was I wanted to be like, dad, dad, I'm, you shouldn't have done this. Like, I'm gonna go clean, I'm, okay, I'm gonna do chores more often and, I'll, and I'll, vac- I'll actually vacuum the downstairs rather than just making sure it looks vacuumed. I'm gonna actually vacuum it, dad, you know? I just went through all these different things and I'm gonna do this and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I remember my dad stopping when I was 12 years old. He's like, Austin, I didn't get you these things so that you could do more things for me. I got you this because I love you. And the best way you can repay me isn't by doing more chores for me, but just by being with me. And so that dirt bike served as a, as a way my dad and I connected for years and years. We had to race together. And so the best thing I can do in response to any gift isn't going outside and scooping the snow. It's sitting in my dad's lap and saying thank you right? And so for you guys to think, how do I respond to the gift? Worship the giver. Love the giver. Appreciate the giver. How do I respond to gifts and the good things God's given me? Worship the giver. James 1 verse 17 says, every good and gi- good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. James 1 17, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Matthew seven eleven says, Man, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So God is a Father that loves to give good gifts to you guys, not for the glory of the gift, but for the glory of the giver. So, um, and just the last thing I would say prayer allows us, uh, and this is pretty common, but prayer allows us to ask God for help. Prayer allows us to ask God for help. Um, and, and really, I think the majority of your day, I think all these things will intermix in, but it feels like you're asking God for for help today, right? God, would you help our school? Would you help our nation? Would you? And I just want to say He loves hearing those oh, prayers God. too. Uh, he loves when you come to Him. We can, I, someone here said, super profound, um, one of the reasons we don't pray is because we don't think we need help, right? And it's like, one. this is kind of self-sufficient. I can do it on my own. Like, I've got it. I'm good. But God loves to hear um, your prayers. And I remember a guy that mentored me uh, in college said, the most powerful stance I have is on my knees. The most powerful stance I have is on my knees. So think about, man... Prayer isn't a sign of weakness, friends. It's a sign of God's strength. It's a sign of uh, strength to say, I am weak, but I know God is strong. I am broken, but I know he is good. In Psalm 116, verse 1, David prays, I love the Lord because he hears my prayers. I love the Lord because he hears my prayers. Psalm 116, verse 1. David says, man, I, I'm in this horrible situation, and yet I prayed, and God heard my voice from a difficult situation. Um, and so just to be clear, friends, God loves to help. Um, I think it, it, it's clearly sin to be self-sufficient and think you've got your life figured out. God absolutely loves to help. Um, you see in Luke twenty-two, forty-two, 42, that's where Jesus prays. Jesus actually prays to the Father for help. It's this beautiful sign. So Jesus shows us, hey, God loves to help. God responds in it. And so um, we can pray too. And um, man, this is, this is really beautiful. I, I don't know what all of you guys are are going through and and if you think to what man what have i prayed what have i asked god for and whether it's came true or whether it hasn't or whether it's gotten better whether it's gotten worse whatever you've been praying for there's an author um, and a pastor uh, in new york his name is tim keller it's amazing and brilliant he says this is profound are you ready for this he says god will give you exactly what you pray for or he'll give you exactly what you would have prayed for if you knew everything he knew, okay? I'm gonna say that again. God will give you, as you pray, every, every, exactly what you ask for. That's option one. Or he'll give you exactly what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knew, okay? So you kind of get that? It's just this profound thought to say, as you pray, God will answer your prayer the way either the way you asked it or he'll answer it the way you would have asked it if you knew what he knew. Uh, so just to say, uh, God sees bigger than you see. Like, I, I kind of like to say to our church and to my friends, like, we've just got the movie trailer of our, of our lives. Like, we've just got the clip. God sees the whole movie. And so when we see this little clip, we just don't see the whole picture And Isaiah 55, verse 8 says, man, God says, as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways. My thoughts, they're higher than your thoughts. And he's saying, man, I see a bigger picture. And so as you ask for God, as you ask for help from God, he may now answer it the right way that you think it is. But he's going to answer it the way that you would have asked if you knew what he knew, okay? So you're thinking, man, you go into that wrestling match, God man, let me beat this guy, I wanna go to state so bad, and you lose. Question is, did God hear your prayer? Answer, yes. Did God answer it the way you wanted to? No. Did God answer it the way you wanted him to if you knew what he knew? Yes. Like, he, I know that sounds weird, but just to think, man, as we pray, oh, God, uh, uh, man, I just want this relationship to work out, or this friendship, and whatever happens. So I'm just saying, in light of our trust for God, when you're asking him for help, there's also a prayer that goes on, but your will be done. Luke 22:42, 42, when Jesus prays at the Garden of Gethsemane prays to God for help, He literally says at the end of it, hey, take this cup for me, and he ends his prayer saying, but your will be done. So friends, here's my plea. Ask God for help. Ask him every little thing that comes to your soul as you go, ask him, pray to him, talk to him just like you would your parent or your best friend, but at the end of that prayer, but your will be done. Why? Because I trust you more than I trust myself. Why? Because you see the bigger picture. Why? Because I see the trailer. Why? Because your ways are higher than my ways. Why? Because I'm finite and you're infinite. Why? Because you're bigger than me and you know better than me, right? Um, and so, man, I just would, would call to that. Um, I think it, it would be beautiful. So, friends, that's a, man. all I have uh, for you um, all this clothes. close, uh, there's a lady, I worked in Omaha as a worship leader that was recently widowed, like six months, and she was maybe 80, and she helped clean the church. And I walked up to her one day, and she was, she just didn't look very good, She's really frail, um, and I just said, man, how are you doing, Linda? And she said, honestly, like, not good, I really miss my husband. Is there anything I can do? Uh, do you just want to pray with me? I'd love to pray. And so we go and I pray this kind of scriptural, eloquent prayer. You know, it's just like, God, you love the widows. I'm just dropping verses and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, if you want to pray too. And she prays. And I remember sitting back and tears just streamed on my face as she talked so intimately with God. Like, like just the, she, she like, she talked to God like you would talk to your best friend. You know, and I, I just, I, sometimes I think we've got this, this idea that we come to God with like this flash card by three, like three by five where we're giving a speech, God, uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, I ask for this, God, and maybe you, and it's like, man, I think he's pleased in that, I think he still hears that prayer, but just to, just to think about God doing something in us where when we pray to him, it just feels natural, It just feels like we're not concerned about, man, just am I saying the right thing? We're just like talking to our best friend, right? And this woman had been widowed for I think about six months. And I know all the times that she spent with her husband, now she's been spending with Jesus and it's this beautiful relationship that that I'm sure over years not just the last six months that she created of prayer and intimacy where she could talk to Jesus like he was her best friend and I'm telling you friends I know he's holy and he's sitting on that throne but Hebrews 4 says we can approach that throne with boldness and ask for help in our time of need and so know that Jesus wants to hear from you know that his death and resurrection to pay for your sins to pay for your sins allows you to actually be in a relationship with him and allows you to approach that throne boldly so i love you guys uh would be happy to talk afterwards if there's anything but i'm going to pray for you and then i'll hand it off jesus you are amazing and i pray that we could pray like that widow prays. god this this sense of um knowing that you hear us knowing that right now as we pray we're literally praying to the God of the universe that breathed the sun into existence, that, that, that allows the earth to spin on its axis just right. So it, just that God sitting on your throne, Jesus, holy and mighty and good. And, and, and the, the, the animals are never ceasing to sing, holy, holy, holy are you. And the elders are never stopping falling on the ground before you and throwing the crowns. And right now in central city Nebraska, me, a bunch of high school students and teachers are praying to that God. And you're hearing us. Like you're actually hearing us and God, I know that our sin should have separated us from that throne. I know that our sin deserves us hell and yet your grace, Jesus, your sacrifice for us brings us into that throne room and says he's with me. She's with me, and, and, and now we get to be adopted in your family by faith, and so Jesus, I pray that today wouldn't just be a mundane day where we pray more often and it's boring and we're distracted, but it'd be a day that we get to sit before the throne of God because of you, Jesus, and we get to be with you, God, we get to hear your voice. We get to uh, um, uh, just re- be reminded of your, of your truth. We get to be helped by you, Jesus. We get to be known by you. And so I pray that today would just be beautiful, that we get to ask you to do amazing things because you love to do it. So help us, Jesus, love you more. Help us pray to you. Help us uh, commune with you. And help us worship the giver, uh, not the gift. So God, I love you. It's in your awesome name. Amen. Thanks, guys.